hope you're hungry because you're listening to Everybody Eats. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Everybody Eats podcast. Man, it's great to have special guest here today, Mr. Nigel Barker, the Nigel Barker. What's up? Thank you very much for being on our uh, podcast today. So before we get started, make sure everyone you're following us on all platforms, Instagram, uh, Twitter, follow us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there. It's at everybodyeats.pod on Instagram. That's a big platform where we have all our snippets, quotes, and all that good stuff. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll just get right into it. So Mr. Nigel Barker, if you can introduce yourself, um, who you are, where you from, what do you do, and then we'll get a conversation from you, man. Of course, everybody eats. Thank you for having me, Benson and Edom. Um, honored to be here. Um, for, for you guys that don't know, we actually went to Queens College together, so shout out to sure. the QC alumni. Um, but I'm Nigel Barker. Uh, I'll start with where I'm from. I'm from New York, born in Brooklyn, lived in Jamaica, Queens. Went to Queens College with these two awesome fellas, studied finance there. Um, and I recently moved down to Atlanta last year. Happy to be on. Sure, for sure. So, um, yeah, like when I met you, I remember the first time I met you, it all started with uh, when I was transferring from Stony Brook to Queens. Um, my boy, my brother's friend, Jeffrey Cole, he, he told me about, he's the one who told me about NABA and he's the one who told me about Nigel. So he was like, oh, if you're going to Queens, you got to link up with my boy, Nigel, um, who will teach you about NABA. Like, he's a great guy to know. So I remember it was funny. Um, I think it was sophomore year. It was on Welcome Day. I remember I was taking him with the Q25. Uh, I remember, I remember you were on the bus. I saw you on the bus, but I didn't know who you were. And I saw you on the bus and like we hop off, we get off the bus and then we're at welcome day. And then somehow I think I was looking for like the NABA table. And then like, I saw you there next to Alan and I was like, Oh snap, you're on the bus. And then like, that's how, that's how we met and stuff. And from there, I remember like we, we chatted and I think you um, took me to like the Bala, little, like Bala building. And I think like, down, you're like okay like this is not what it's about this is like the formula to get the internship and I think he introduced I think that was the day I, uh, I was introduced to Professor Miller I think he introduced me to Professor Miller that day yeah I actually have her on the podcast in a couple of weeks too so uh, that's that's a little background story for you guys so um more more about your upbringing I know uh you said you grew up mainly in Jamaica Queens right mm-hmm yep grew up in Jamaica Queens so how would you say, I guess, like your upbringing in Jamaica and like your nationality growing up, how, how would you say that either influenced you, you know, during your childhood and how has that impacted you, I guess, your, you know, your college years and like your professional years? It's a good question, man. Big impact. Um, so both of my parents are from Guyana in South America, not Ghana and Africa. People <laughs> usually get that confused. Um, and my father passed away when I was three. So we grew up primarily in a single mother household in Queens. And my mom is a nurse. Um, I think what I learned from my upbringing is one, hard work, um, and two, the importance of just being grateful for what you have. So growing up, my mom would work 12 hour shifts, six days a week. Um, and she managed to send us to a private school when we were um, in elementary and high school. Um, and she made sure that we got, we all went to college. Um, I think learning hard work from her and seeing her work hard just wanted me to do better in my schoolwork and my extracurriculars. Um, and the second thing, man, was being grateful. I mean, despite coming from a single parent household, we were blessed, man. I mean, my mom was in my life. She read to us when we were younger. She made sure we went to great schools. Um, so I'm really grateful coming from where I come from and all the goals I've been able to accomplish after that. Um, it sort of makes sure that I'm humble and it makes me realize that, yeah, I work hard, but a lot of my success is due to my mother, my family and my mentors. And as we get through it, you'll see a lot of the ways I've been able to accomplish my goals is people helping me out. And as we say in NABA, lifting as we climb. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So um, getting getting into that, right? So now, now from there, you, you're, you're getting into you. So I remember you told me, I think you said in high school, you were like involved in like student government, I believe. <laughs> right? So like how, how, how do you get, how do you go from like high school now you're in Queens? Like how do you, how do you find NABA and like how does that yep. business world start? We, we're going back to high school. All right, let's do it. 
Um, so <laughs> high school, believe it or not, my freshman and sophomore year weren't that great. I got suspended. I remember one time there's a corner store around the corner. So I ran around the corner. I had a dollar and I was like, you know, let me buy a stink bomb. Um, so I buy a stink bomb and I pop the stink bomb in the back of my Spanish class. Lo and behold, I get suspended. Um, so I go to Mr. Douglas's office and he's like, Nigel, you're a natural leader, but you're being the class clown and I expect more from you. Um, you have to do better. And that confrontation for Mr. Douglas, um, somebody I looked up to, he was also black and he was the head of the school. For him to say that I see something in you and you have to do better, it really made me sit down and reflect and be like, okay, like, what am I doing here? What do I want to do and what do I want to accomplish? Um, that was freshman and sophomore year of high school. And my junior year and senior year was like a complete 360. Um, so I was able to one, become president of my senior class. They voted me into that position. And I said, you know, I think I want to run for president of student government, be the president of the entire school. Ran for that, they elected me president, everybody went crazy. And from there, I started to see that, I started to think of myself as a leader. One, because Mr. Douglas saw me as a leader, I internalized that. And I started to manifest myself being a leader. So everywhere I went, I was like, okay, I'm probably not the best in academics I can get by, probably not the best in sports I can get by, but I think I'm a leader. Um, so going to Queens College, I always sought out leadership opportunities. Um, and as you can see, like we started NABA um, and in my professional career, I sort of just maintained that view of myself. Gotcha, gotcha. So Never. <laughs> Wait, I, I just like, how would you say being bold kind of like is going to tie into the later question? But of course, you know, you got to be like bold and confident and to be able to not only make that whole turnaround, but be able to kind of manifest everything you've been saying. So like, how much of a role would you say that played? That's a good question, bro. That's a good question. You know, um, I think I had to work at it. You said that all started from one bit. Comedian? I, I feel like I've never heard that. <laughs> nah, yeah, this is the first time I'm hearing it. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I wanted to be a stand-up comedian, and I got the opportunity at our little Christmas gala at the end of my sophomore year. I went up, I said a joke about a teacher, and they pulled me off the stage. They were like, get, get off the stage. What are you doing? And that, that was the end of my dreams of being <laughs> I'm, I'm being bold. Can't you tell? I'm being bold. Look, look. <laughs> After all, I mean, hey, you can still do it on the side on the weekends. You can still go to some comedy clubs to do that if you wanted to. I, I still go on my ass, but I, I have different dreams now, man. I'm trying, to, <laughs> I'm trying to be a real estate mogul now. So I put the comedy to the side. Got you. So one thing at Queens, right? By the time I got to Queens, NABA was already uh, reestablished, right? So mm -hmm. how, how uh, if you could re-explain that story, right? We talk about yeah. NABA on the podcast now but like I give credit I love that organization I thank you a lot for you know bringing me and introducing me and Jeffrey also introducing me to that organization so when I got there it was already established for like a year or two so when you got there I guess it wasn't so if you could just talk about how was that process like and like how do you even find that yeah yeah before I start with the NABA story like I have to start with the story of how I got interested in finance in general um, so in high school, the Facebook IPO happened, right? Mm. And we were saying, what is Facebook? And like, what is the IPO? It was sort of, I think it was the biggest IPO in history up to that point. And from that moment on, like studying that, I was like, okay, I want to do finance. I want to do business. That's going to be my major from seeing the Facebook IPO. Um, so going to Queens College, I was like, okay, how do I get into this field? Um, so Professor Miller, um, she hosted an event with, I think it was something JP Morgan on Wall Street, or Wall Street coming to JP Morgan. Um, so I decided to go to that event because I was interested in finance. And I met an alumni um, that went to Queens College and he was a managing director at JP Morgan. And I said, okay, so you went to Queens College and you're a managing director at JP Morgan in the private bank. That's what I want to be. I want to be you. So mm -hmm. I set my goals on that. The same way I set my goals on being a standard comedian, Later to being a leader, I was like, okay, I want to work in the private bank of J.P. Morgan. Mm. I come back from that event with this goal in mind, but at Queens College, I didn't really see the opportunity. And my mom's a nurse, and no one in my family really was in business. 
Um, so at Welcome Day, I saw NABA, National Association of Black Accountants, on campus. Um, this was my freshman year, and I came back for the next semester, and it just wasn't there. And I said, it would be fantastic to have an organization like NABA on campus. A ton of different schools participate. There's alumni that work at J.P. Morgan's private bank. Why don't we have one at Queens College? Yeah. Um, so I said, okay, I was president in high school. I was president of my class. I was president of the high school. I'm pretty sure that I could start this club back. Um, so I reached out to NABA, figured out how to get a club started. We needed like people to join. Um, I got a few friends and we said, okay, let's start NABA. Let's put in an executive board and let's bring NABA back to campus. Um, so we did that. We were able to start the club back and I'm really happy that, that we did. Yeah, man. And that, that, that led to, that led to a bunch because that led to Alan, that led to me, Edom and them. Yeah. So definitely that. Um, thank you. Right? <laughs> 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 I talk about NABA all the time. Like that's how, you know, that's how I got blessed my internship. internship. That's how I got blessed my job, you know, all that. Yeah, and if I if I can, Bessie, I mean, I think what made me want to give back so much was because people just gave back to me. The person that I met, the alumni from Queens College, I reached out to him on email and I said, "Hey, would it be possible for me to just come down to your office?" Um, his office was in Long Island at the time. He was the head of the office. He was also a black male, so even that, I was aspiring to that. I said, "Hey, can I come down to your office maybe for lunch?" And he said, yeah, sure. I didn't have a car in New York at all. So I hopped on the train, hopped on the LIRR, about an hour and a half to get out to Long Island. And he sat down with me for lunch. Um, and from there, he sort of just planted a seed that I was able to see the office. I was able to see other people doing it. And I was like, okay, I can actually aspire to this. I can actually do this. Um, I reached out to him for lunch again. And I said, would you be able to connect me with someone at JP Morgan? You connect me with one person, that person connect me with someone else, on and on. So if it wasn't for that alumni, one, responding to my email, and two, paying for lunch for me to come all the way out to Long Island and just giving me advice and letting me know that I can do it, um, if he didn't get back to me in that way with his time, I don't think I'd be where I am today. Yeah. I think that really embodies the the lifting as we climb, um, you know, aspect of NAVA. And it's not one thing I learned from my internship, like, like two, three years ago was, um, it's not always a take, 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 you gotta, mm -hmm. you know, give back, you know, you gotta, if, you know, farmers, they don't, they farm, you know, they take the nutrients out of the soil and everything, but they don't just, you know, desert it. They go and they tend to the same soil that they were using for however many years. And, and help just give back to it. So it's the same, same sense in giving back to your same, whether it be uh, your people or people from your college and all this other stuff. So mm -hmm. it's not just to take, to yeah, give and take. It also shows just like how, how impactful just like the littlest thing can have, you know, I guess a little called like the butterfly effect, right? How like one small little action can have, you know, lead, lead to a big action. Yeah. Uh, you think about not to like brag or anything, but you think about all the things that NAP has accomplished, like in our year and like the year after, mm -hmm. and even like this year, NAP was able to raise. I think they raised like thirty-six thousand dollars for people to go to the convention over the summer. Unfortunately, like COVID happened, right? But then you think about like you know backtracking. How is that all possible, right? And <laughs> all the way back, like you said, just that simple. Him replying to the email just was like led to a whole you know like chain uh, chain effect. So that, that's amazing. So um, that kind of goes into like the involvement in clubs. I know um, you're also involved in like SEO and some other extracurricular. So next question more into like mentorship, mentorship and coaching, right? So how has that, you kind of just spoke about him a little bit, but how has mentorship, coaching, and I know like SEO played a part, like how has that also helped you? And like, mm -hmm. if you could speak about some of those organizations, because I don't think everyone even knows that some of these organizations exist. Definitely, definitely. Um, and this is sort of geared to the college students that's listening. Um, so when I was in school, I was involved in NABA, um, but I was also involved in two other organizations. One was Sponsors for Educational Opportunity, and the second was Management Leadership for Tomorrow. And the goal for both of those programs, I'm paraphrasing here, is to sort of help minority students 
and minority professionals achieve in corporate America. Um, as you know, like there's a lot of barriers to getting into certain things and a lot of it is just who you know, right? Mm -hmm. So if you and I were starting a business, I'm probably gonna go to my network, right? And I'm probably gonna choose the people that I know the goal of SEO and MLT is like to get you that network and to teach you the tools to the game. Um, so as I mentioned, my, the alumni from Queens College, he helped me a ton to get into JP Morgan. And I had the opportunity to intern there as a sophomore and as a junior in college. Um, at the same time, I joined SEO and MLT. And I think I was the first person from Queens College to join MLT because Baruch had a huge amount of people that were in MLT. So I found myself week after week going down to Baruch <laughs> to go to their MLT events. And they were like, do you go to Baruch? And I was like, no, nah, I go to Queens College. <laughs> um, but just riding the train hour after hour, hour to go, hour to come back. Um, because I saw the, I saw the benefits of the pro, those type of programs um, to get a coach in MLT. They coach you for like a year and they also help you to get an internship. And they just teach you different skills and they expose you to a ton of different things um, to help you achieve your goals. So I think the biggest thing I take away from both of those organizations is one, mentorship, and two, exposure, right? So in both of those organizations, I had coaches and we would hop on weekly and bi-weekly calls and we would talk about, okay, what are your goals for your career? What do, you, what do you want to accomplish in the next 20 years? And how are you going to get there? What are the steps that you need to take? Um, they talk to you about if your internship is on Wall Street, what are the things that you have to know? Like, what is a stock? What is a bond? How do you model a company? How do you do a DCF? They trained us in Excel. They trained us in modeling. So they gave us all the tools that we needed to succeed. The second was exposure, man. I think being exposed to the massive wealth and success on Wall Street, um, just coming from Jamaica, Queens and knowing where my parents came from, being exposed to those type of professionals that look like me, came from where I came from, and succeeding in their roles at such a young age, I was like, if they can do it, and they're from the same neighborhood as me, I can do it too. Um, and the same way that Mrs. Douglas saw it, that stuff back, saw this uh, potential in me in high school, my coaches saw it in me in college, and even my mentors today see it in me now. Um, they exposed me to those different things. And they would push me, man. I remember some of my coaches, the questions they would ask me like, what's a DCF? How would you model the company? Their expectation of me was so high that I had to live up to that standard. Um, but even to this day, like even being out of school, mentorship is even more important. And like I said before, and I'll keep saying, it's, it's how I got to where I am today because people were just so beneficial with their time and advice. Yeah, for sure. Like you, you mentioned um, a, few, a few things. I know Edom, you can hop in anytime, you know, you, you want to put in. You said networking, education, exposure. Um, this is like a lot of points. That reminds me of a DSY, right? So Development School for Youth, that was an organization that mm -hmm. you were part of when you were sophomores. Like yeah. So sophomore, I think it was like our spring semester, sophomore year, we were part of that work. Yeah. DSY, Development School for Youth. So shout out to them. Um, it's real similar, sort of what you said, to like that MLT, kind of like on a smaller scale, but essentially the goal was the same. It was supposed to take um, pretty much like, you know, youths, usually minority youths, and expose them to the business world, right? And what was great about it was, again, that exposure was, it was like, we went to, um, like Mike, I think we went to the Microsoft building. We went to like law. EUI. We went to some uh, catering company, Convene. We went to so many different places. Like it's places you normally wouldn't have the opportunity to go visit. You know, we spoke to the, the CEOs of these companies or, you know, um, higher ups in, and yeah, higher ups in each company. They would explain like, you know, this is the day to day. This is how I got here. This is what a resume is supposed to look like. This is how, you know. They had us interview them, so we came up with our own our own interview questions. It was it was, it was a good time. Really. Yeah, and like what it does is that it shows you for I think like the issue when like exposure. I'm really loving that word right now because I think the issue is that um, or one issue that we have is that a lot of people in our community they don't know what they don't know, right? Like they don't even know. It's yeah. Possible to get into these jobs or even how to get into these positions. So organizations like this 
it's amazing because it just takes you and it opens your eyes and says like, this is possible. Right. And then once you see that it's possible, now it's just figure out the game plan. Like, okay, you know, it's possible to get a job or an internship at Microsoft. It's possible to get a job or an internship at EY. Now it's just like, how, right? Like once mm-hmm. you, uh, what, and then again, DSY, right? For that whole semester, every week, same thing. We'd have to take the train from Queens. You'd have to go into the city. We'd have to meet at one of these corporate buildings, whether it's like a law firm or Microsoft or EY. Like you even said, we sit, we interview, we do these workshops. And then at the end of the semester, um, as long as you pretty much complete the program, they have like a graduation ceremony, which is pretty dope because it was at like the Supreme Court of like New York City or something. It was like really dope. It's like mm-hmm. the courthouse is like I've never been in. Had a graduation ceremony there. And then after that, they just place you um, at an internship with one of their uh, corporate sponsors. So then um, that's how I got blessed to go to, I was like a wealth management firm and then Eden was at EY. Right. So it's like those type of, they, they take you, they expose you and then they place you there. And it's like throughout the, you're networking throughout, right. Every week when you're going to these companies, you're meeting these people, getting their business cards, getting their emails. And then you're just educating yourself on like, what is possible? Like what is, you know, what can you do? And then one just like side story that I remember one week we went to the Microsoft office and that was real cool because like they had Xboxes like in the hallway and like all that cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. I remember the, one of the one of one of the like the tools that they had, um, they were talking about like how Microsoft has Bing, right? And they're like, yo, like no, pretty much they're up there, like yo, no one uses Bing, but like they're pretty much trying to say like Bing is like just as good as like Google, right? And um, it, it was funny. One of the dudes was saying how like how he will take like he what he'll do usually is like take his friends' phones and like in in two seconds he'll make Bing like the default uh, like browser, browser yeah. <laughs> hand it back, <laughs> hand it back to his phone. Hands back to his friend, and we would do different workshops with like comparing Bing to Google. And at the end, he I think he asked a question like he was asked like this is a Microsoft executive, remember, right? So he was asking everyone, he was like, so like who here is now going to start using Bing or like or who who here prefers Bing or Google? And I was like, Google. I was like, still, I was like, Google. (laughs) Google. Like not one soul raised their hand to go say, yeah, I'm gonna switch to Bing. I think I was I was on Bing when. They were offering like points for how many searches you made so you can get free Xbox Live. And I was in like eighth or ninth grade. And then I just cut that nonsense out. It was, mm. <laughs> I remember he was like, he was like, you're going to walk into the Microsoft office, talk to a Microsoft executive, executive and tell them you're going to use Google. I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> like I respect that. And I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm still using Google. Thank you for the tour, but I'm still using <laughs> But yeah, man, it's that, it's that exposure. And I like those, those programs are very key. And I'm sure um, SEO, MLT, I'm sure and like inroads, I know that's like another one. Yeah. Um, I know in New York, they're pretty prevalent, but even still, there's just like a lot of people who don't know about them. I'm sure there's more across the country, but those programs are amazing for people in business and even not just business, because like I said, they appeal to like people going into law, even like medicine, because they had sponsors of like hospitals, like whatever your career whatever professional career that you have and like once you get that exposure it's like you know that's once you see it's possible and i was just kind of figuring out the steps and getting those coaches and mentors to help you along the way so those those are really exactly. and the one thing i add Duncan, you know like those programs are great but even at a more simple level i mean birds of a feather flock together right so yeah. you have to be real intentional about who your network is and who are the people that you spend a lot of time with. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say just target people because, oh, they're successful and, oh, they have money. And that's the only reason why I want to hang out with them. But I would say that you have to be intentional about who am I hanging around with every day? Like, who am I texting? Who am I calling? Who am I going out with? Um, and my mom always was, she would say, don't hang out with that person. Or, yeah, that's a good person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that thing just goes a long way. Being real intentional about who you spend your time with, yeah. There's there's a phrase always. I feel like a lot of uh, Africans say it. it's a uh, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. So I was about to say that. Yeah, yeah. Like, you did that all the time growing up. Show me your friends. Show me friends who you are. Sense. Growing up, you know, sometimes you don't fully, or at least I didn't fully comprehend. Like, what does that yeah. really mean? It's like, no, like just because they're my friend doesn't mean that that's me. You know what I'm saying? But like. Obviously, like, once you start growing up and you start realizing, like you said, when you start seeing, like, your circle, right? People say if you're around three broke people, if you have three broke friends, you'll be the fourth. Or if you have <laughs> billionaire friends, you'll be the fourth, right? So, 
you know, those things like that, it really, you know, who your network is, who you're hanging around really impacts, like, you know, who you are, yeah. And to say on that point, I mean, even with basketball, like, I love watching basketball. I mean, I want to play ball with the best basketball players, right? Because they're going to make me better. I want to hang out with the person that's the best in real estate. I'm in a real estate firm right now in private equity. I want to work with the person that's getting the most deals and working on the most complex things because I can learn from that. I think one thing I'm learning now is like, don't shy away. And I might be changing the topic, but don't shy away from doing the hard thing or taking the hard risk or the project where you might fail and you don't have the experience. I think what I'm learning now is I'd rather do the hard thing now and mess up now and fail now so that I can learn from it and take that experience with me to the next thing. I'd rather play against the best basketball player now, lose by 20 points, but learn the different skills that got them to where they are. Um, so I think I just changed the topic, but I think I wanted to get that out there too. Nah, nah it kind of it kind of has to do with not being the smartest person in the room, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And actually, the next question I had was like, importance of getting out of your comfort zone. So that kind of like ties that kind of like ties <laughs> a little bit too, like you know, importance of getting out of your comfort zone. If you're doing something that you're comfortable with or they're used to all the time, you're not really going to be growing. You're just going to be, you know, like I feel going to be stagnant, right? So you have to put yourselves in those awkward positions where you don't know or you're not the smartest mm-hmm. in the room and you're not sure what to do and you have to take those L's sometimes, but yeah, like you hear it all the time. It's not L, it's not losses, it's a lesson, or you know, it's no, you gotta swallow your pride. Like, yeah, you gotta swallow your pride and, and own up, like, hey, I don't know this mm-hmm. or that. You know, I gotta accept, you know, I'm not the best. You know, yeah. Right. Exactly, right? And then all that, all that will eventually, um, all that eventually just like add to your, you know, repertoire of things that you know and, and things like that. So. There's no no shame, no shame in, in, in not knowing. And my DSY, DSY say one of their phrases, oh, get comfortable being uncomfortable. That was like one of, the, <laughs> one of their key phrases. They said that every week, every week when we got a workshop, you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. You have to get being uncomfortable. So. I think that was my first time ever hearing the word networking. And I tell you, <laughs> I hated it. I <laughs> complained to Bensky and our other friend Claudia we'd go with, Every time they said networking, I wanted to to kill somebody. I just I was so I was like, this is literally just socializing. I don't get it, like because yeah, they would emphasize it so much, like networking, 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 networking. But then, like after a while, you start to like. At first, when you don't understand it, it kind of is like, why are you like emphasizing it? But then, like after a while, again, like once you start to really understand like what they were trying to you know like instill in you, and then it's like, God, yeah, God, so yeah, man. Um, and again, like. Nabo Nabo taught the same thing, going to the conferences, um, going to the conventions, you see the importance of networking and you see the importance of the crowd that you're around. That's why I love Nabo Alpha and those organizations because you go to these conferences and conventions, you're literally surrounded by like-minded people that look like you. And I'm like, you can't get any better than that, right? Like there's just no atmosphere I would rather be in than like, you know, hundreds of other students and professionals that look like you. Like you said, they come from neighborhoods similar to you, right? And they just give you that exposure and they're all like-minded and they all kind of have that like success and you know that, that mindset so again so like the importance of you know that having your circle importance of those networking groups those organizations is very very crucial for college students high school students even like past professional because a lot of them have like mm-hmm. professional chapters as well so um before we go into the quote of the day any last comments any points? No, no. All right, let's get into it. So, Edom, uh, we'll take a quick break. Edom, if you could, you have that quote, if you have that ready to say, and then we'll get into the quote. Okay, are you ready? Yep. All right. I don't think about things I don't want to change. I think about things I want to affect. So I'm going to say it again. I don't think about things I don't want to change. I think about things I want to affect. Oh, any tips? So just like Nigel, he's from Guyana. So he's Guyanese. Um, He's from Brooklyn. He's a rapper. 
I guess, hip-hop artist. Not really hip-hop, but he's a rapper. St. John? Joey Badass? No. It's not St. John? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, oh, that's it, crazy. It. You pay attention to me when I talk. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you say it one more time? I don't think about things I don't want to change. I think about things I want to affect. That reminds me of when you came for our um, Black History Month, our first Black History Month event, and control the controllables. Um, that yo, when when you said that, that's really that's stuck in my head like to this day. Honestly, like that, I still I still remember that control. Nasky says it like every other episode. Yeah, man, because like it really. It like it, it really, you know, kind of like puts into perspective, especially like especially with everything going on right now. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of things we can't control. There's a lot of things that we don't like. You know, it's not you don't want to you know be too stressful and too focused on the things that you don't have an effect on that you, you can't control. But you know, things that you can change, things that you can have an effect on, things that you can't people or things that you can influence. That's where you want to focus your attention, your time, and your energy. Right. So. Yeah. Um, and. And I learned that um, it was a it was an event. I think it was freshman year, and it was just like a how to be a good college student event that the career office was putting on. So I go to this event. I'm a freshman. Didn't think I would get much. They talked about the importance of studying, um, the importance of communicating with the professor, um, easy stuff. And at the end, one of the topic was it was a slide locus of control, um, and I think it said people that have a higher locus of control, and you guys can Google this because I think I'm butchering it, but essentially I think it said, the higher locus of control, the more you focus on the things that you can control. And I think the quote was like, control the controllables. Um, and that quote, I mean, it helps from a mental health perspective. Like yeah. if something happens to you, what are you gonna do about it? Well, I can't really control the event, but I can control my reaction to the event. I can control my response. And I think, I don't really say the quote, but it's like so embedded in me at this point that it just naturally manifests in the way that I act and, and live. So that, that's a huge quote for me too, man. Yeah, like you said, you can't, a lot of times you can't control or you don't have any you know, you know, um, power over the situation that you put in, but your response to it, you know, that's, where, that's where it changes. You know? How are you going to respond? Right, and when you said like your, your mental health, right? Like if you're, if you're, if you're just going to react straight off of emotion, right? Then a lot of times that's not going to be the best response, right? Yeah. A lot of times you got to like take a step back, like, all right, assess the situation, what happened, what's the best course of action to go from here, right? Bad things happen to great people, bad things happen to everybody all the time, but it's like, how can you, how can you use that situation to your advantage? How can you use that situation to better yourself, better the people, people around you, so. Mm -hmm. Definitely. All right. Mm -hmm. Any final points before we move on? No, sir. Sir, all right. All right. So for this last segment, I want to talk more about, let's go into more like the professional side, right? So Queens College, um, you did the internships at JP. And that's one thing, honestly, when you talk about him inspiring you, that's one thing that you really inspired me because sophomore year, I remember, Right, sophomore year, I guess I was your senior year, right? I remember, mm -hmm. oh, I just finished my internship. And you told me like, I just finished my internship at JP. He's like, I'm waiting for a call like next week. Is they gonna tell me if I get the full-time job or not, right? And like a week later, he's like, yo, like, I got the job. I remember as a sophomore, I'm like, you are a senior, you already have a full-time line. That, like that wasn't mm -hmm. scope of like, that wasn't even in my scope of like possibilities, you know? Like I didn't even think that was like a thing. I'm like, yo, like, that's amazing. And I remember also another thing that, like, kind of, like, blew my mind. And you, you introduced me to a gentleman. I think he was an alpha at the time. I forget his name. But I remember, um, real quick, I think you introduced me to him. And he was, another, he was another situation where he's, like, a senior. And I think he was debating. He was like, oh, I have a full-time at, like, RSM and, like, EY or something like that. And I remember I'm in the room. And I'm like... Your hard decision right now is choosing what firm to go to. Like I'm, I'm, I'm still like, you know, puzzled that like your senior is already just like, oh, you just ch choosing like, yeah, do I want to make like sixty a year, you know, being a calendar, I want to be like sixty five a year doing this, right? I'm like, what? <laughs> but it's really like 
that's what really like shaped my possibilities of like, you know, that's what my goal is. I want to be able to, you know, finish college and have that opportunity where I can have like, a job lined up. And another thing is that exposure. If I didn't even know that was possible, that wouldn't have been a goal of mine to even attain. It would just be like, all right, let me get this degree and then I'll just like freestyle and try to figure it out. So um, going, from, going from college to that professional field, um, how, how was that transition like going from like a full-time college student to now like, all right, I'm at JP, I'm a full-time, you know, you know, employee. So how, how was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, funny. So before I even got my internship at JP Morgan, I think something I like to say to everyone is I got rejected from every big investment bank on Wall Street, Goldman Sachs, Citi, Barclays, Credit Suisse. JP Morgan, I got rejected from all of them um, as a sophomore because I was just applying to internships, interviewing, I'm putting on my suit and tie, going down to the Credit Suisse office, doing the whole interview, doing the whole super day, and getting the email back like, we regret to inform you that we can't extend your internship. Um, so I will say like, that's what they like to say. Politician, <laughs> we can't extend you on at this time. <laughs> man, man, you're gonna miss a lot of shots, but you just need one shot to fall, and that's what happened with JP Morgan. Um, so with the professional, I think I was really intentional. One about my goals, like what do I want to accomplish, and then two about my brand, right? So. With my goals, I said, look, I want to learn as much as possible and I want to develop the skills so that I can transition into real estate. And a quick segue here, my senior year, I already got the opportunity to go back full time to JP Morgan and I'm in Jamaica, Queens. I'm taking the train back and forth and I'm seeing like these buildings, apartment buildings going up and I'm saying to myself, who the hell is building in Jamaica, Queens? Like, we're close to the airport, but we're not Williamsburg. We're not Brooklyn. We're not like Long Island, which is like the richer part of Queens. We're sort of up and coming, Jamaica is. Did my research and I realized it was BRP companies. Um, and one of the CEOs, he's also of Guyanese and Beijing descent. Um, so I decided to reach out to him. So I go to an event that I saw he was speaking at, at Brooklyn Law School. And I was able to go up to him, shake his hand afterwards and get his business card. Right. So at this time, I know the importance of networking and I'm saying, OK, I'm going to meet the CEO of BRP companies. Got his business card and I email him and I said, look, I'd love to have the opportunity to internship with you guys for free um, once or twice, two days a week. Um, please let me know if this is possible. Um, this was like in January. No response. I said, OK, um, two weeks later, email him again. Two weeks later, email him again. It's to the point where it's like seven emails deep. I'm not <laughs> getting a response. And for this class, like I need to get an internship to get some credit. Mm. Um, so on the ninth email, I said, okay, this is the last time I'm going to email you. <laughs> I know you're busy. And on that ninth email, he responds and CCs someone else that he works with. And he says, okay, come on down to the office. Um, so... <laughs> I was kept able to shooting, land. kept shooting, kept shooting. Oh, man. <laughs> lost, man. <laughs> so from there, I was able to land a free internship, and I loved it, man. These guys were developing affordable housing all throughout the tri-state area, hundreds of millions of dollars, Black-owned, extremely diverse company. And like I said, exposure. These guys owned their own company, able to raise millions and millions of dollars to create um, apartment buildings, some were affordable so that low-income people can live in there, but some are also market rate. And they own their own company. And once I got exposed to that, my whole goal changes. I said, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to be in real estate private equity. I want to make a good amount of money, but I also want to make a change in the communities in which I live. Um, so going into JP Morgan, I had that goal in mind. I wasn't in real estate private equity yet. But I was saying to myself, I can gain a ton of transferable skills doing what I'm doing now. So that was one of my goals to break into real estate private equity. Second, I wanted to continue the extracurriculars. Um, believe it or not, there are clubs in your professional 
jobs. Like you can join business resource groups. Um, you can join different committees. And I said, okay, I was president in high school. I was president of a club in college. Pretty sure I could do like an extracurricular um, at JP Morgan. So those are like my two main goals, like learn as much as possible and break into real estate um, while being involved outside of my day-to-day -day job. And secondly was my brand. And I think it's important to be intentional about how you want people to see me, see you. Um, and the three things that I wanted my brand to be about was one, having a great attitude. Um, what SEO taught us is like, you have to be the first in and the last out. So you have to be the earliest in the office and the last one to leave. That's, that's table stakes, that's a layup. The second thing I wanted my brand to be about was curiosity. I wanna be the person that's asking the questions and curious about their role and going to extra levels to learn. And the last thing I wanted to have was attention to detail. I wanted to make sure that all my work was fantastic, it was good to go, um, and that people could rely on me for great work. Um, so transitioning, I was really intentional about my goals and my brand. Got it, got it. So would you say those skills when you said first in, last out, would you say, did you like, was that like a process to learn? Was that something that you was kind of like, you know, because was that something like when you, when you went in like first day in, got it, you know, like how, how was that? Like on paper, right? Like you said on paper, but like actually practicing that, right? Like, so how was that? Tough, man. It's a new habit. It's a new habit for sure. I remember my first internship with JP Morgan. I think I was sleeping at my desk. I just was not used to being so focused on one thing for that amount of time. So I think it was like seven o'clock and I was, I was just tired, man. I think I, I think I was literally sleeping like my first week at the desk. And it's just a new habit, man. Like you're learning a new skill. It's going to take time. I messed up and I made a ton of mistakes. But after those two internships, I was like, okay, I can do this. I got the return offer and these people believe in me as well. Um, so it's definitely something that you learn and develop. And mind you, all this time I have like my coaches, my SEO coach, my MLT coach, and my mentors. So all the mistakes that I'm making, I can call them, I can text them, tell them what I'm struggling with, and they can help me out as well. So this was by no means I'm a lone wolf. I had like the whole pack with me. Sure, for sure. Um, one thing, one thing I love you say. You say you emailed him nine times, right? Most <laughs> I've ever emailed a professional probably was like three, and then after a while, if they didn't respond, I was like, all right, like, I don't want to keep bugging them. But like that persistence, like it takes boldness, right? That goes back to that boldness. Yep. Probably would have stopped at like three and be like, all right, I don't want to keep bothering the dude, but like, yeah, going nine times and like, you know, Jay Z says this thing: you only have to be right once, right? So like, <laughs> yeah. use that once one response and like, look, look how it shaped you. So that, that's that's admirable. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And the butterfly effect, right? Like, if I didn't send that email and had the opportunity to get exposed to real estate private equity, I probably wouldn't be in Atlanta right now doing what I'm doing. Like, yeah. I feel like my whole life would have been different if I didn't have that opportunity um, to be exposed to that whole field of real estate private equity. So definitely. Sure. So um, I was going to say, so now, now, now from JP, right? JP in New York city to Atlanta. Right. So how did, how exactly did that, did that transfer? Same thing, man. A ton of rejections, a ton of rejections. Um, so in my mind, I knew that I wanted to do this real estate thing, but I was already in the program in asset management. They hired me to do one thing. So JP Morgan has an internal real estate group. And I told my boss, Hey, I think, I think I want to apply to this. I think it would be a great opportunity. He said, no, like you can't apply. <laughs> you can't apply. Like we hired you to do a three-year program and we sort of want you to see this through. And I was like, come on, like, this is what I want to do. It's the perfect position. How can you tell me that I can't even apply? Um, so I let that happen. And I said, you know what? I came here for a reason. I want to learn as much as possible. I'm going to keep my head down, do what I came here to do. But you can't really control what I do on the side, right? So I remember I went to New York University. Stern School of Business has a really strong real estate program. I just took a class during the summer to learn real estate financial modeling, right? Paid with that out of my own pocket. Baruch also has a pretty neat real estate program in Manhattan. So I went there, 
paid with my own money to take an Argus course. Argus is a real estate software that we use in commercial real estate. So all this time, like I'm taking those classes, paying with it for my own money, um, and I'm networking internally with people in the real estate group, and I'm also networking externally with people with different real estate jobs. So fast forward, I got an interview externally, another firm um, rejected, right? It just didn't work out. I wasn't prepared. And I was like, darn, what, what did I not do? So I continued taking the classes, continued networking. Believe it or not, the same firm had the same position, but on a different team. I applied again. I got to the third round. I did the test, went into the office. I was like, yo, I got this email saying we regret to inform you, yada, yada, yada. Um, so all this time, all these things are happening. I'm getting rejected and I'm saying to myself, this is what I want to do. I know I can do it. Like, why is this not happening? Um, but I kept at it, kept practicing, kept networking. And then to wrap up the whole story, one of my mentors, and this goes way back to NABA. So one of the NABA events that we did was an office visit at a black owned private equity firm in Manhattan. The person was an SEO alum, ton of connections here, ton of connections. He was an SEO alum, so I knew him from that, reached out to him, did an office visit. This was in November of 2017. Um, in March of 2019, he invites me to an event and I go to the event, I see him and I let him know like, yeah, man, I'm trying to break into real estate, it's not really working out. Um, and he says, you know what? One of my classmates is here. We went to HBS together. You should meet her. She's doing real estate. Um, so same thing. I networked with her, got her business card, followed up, and I said, it would be fantastic if I could speak with you for 30 minutes. Um, so she's a partner, black female partner, one of the only black female partners in the industry um, at that. Reached out to her, hopped in a call, and she said, we actually have an opening here in Atlanta doing exactly what you want to do. Um, you should definitely apply. I applied, did the phone interviews, um, I had a case study, and mm -hmm. I did the case study at my previous rejection, so I knew what to expect. Um, and I'm going, I'm going on a journey here, so bear with me. Um, but one of my mentors, um, he's also in real estate private equity, and this involves like detailed financial models. And I had a Mac laptop, and I couldn't complete the case study. So it's a week deadline, it's Thursday night, and I'm saying, look, I have to complete this by Friday night. Can you help me out? I'm saying to my mentor. He says, man, sure thing. Come to my house in Jersey. I have the whole setup. I have two monitors. I have all the Excel. And we'll walk through this together. So I go to his house. He walks me through it. He helps me with the case study. I'm up till 3 a.m. Submit the case study. Um, and I take an Uber, a $100 Uber, back from Jersey <laughs> to Manhattan to get to work on time because I got some work I got to get done. Um, so this whole roundabout story, they called me and said, look, we'd love to extend you an offer to come work with us here in Atlanta. Um, and I was able to accomplish that goal that I set for myself back in 2017 and 2019. Through networking, <laughs> somebody bringing me to their house in Jersey to help me out with the case study, my mentor back from SEO in 2017. So all these things coming together um, to help me accomplish that goal. This is the story of determination right here, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say, like, that's amazing because you hear all the time how success is a straight line, how with so many like that and like that. This in turn. And there's so many parts in that, you know, honestly, we just basically said we would have given up at the, the ninth email part, you know, and the fact that, <laughs> you know, Nigel made it to having to go to someone's house in Jersey, stay till 3 a.m. and then go, you know, not only not even go ho straight home, but you going straight to Manhattan. Very bad. So, same clothes, same clothes from yesterday. Uh, that That's that's some real, it kind of gives me a pursuit of happiness vibes, you know. Yeah, like nothing's, nothing's, ever, nothing's ever easy, but then it kind of like, you know, goes back with that butterfly effect of how, you know, networking, you can never, you can never underestimate the power of networking because you never know how connection from years ago, it could be someone that you just met one time, but you had a good impression on them. And then, you know, a couple of years later, it's like, you just happen to need help or like, it just so happens to be in a situation where that person you met 
two years ago at some random event, you know, is the right person to, to connect you with somebody else. So mm -hmm. that shows a lot. And, you know, back to our college students, you know, network, network, network. And it doesn't have to just be business, right? Whatever, if you, again, like law, medicine, whatever field that you're in, networking is key because, again, you never know how those little connections from those little events, you know, can, can really help you on years down the line when you have a completely different, you know, career change, right? Like a completely different, it's not like you were trying to, you know, continue with what you were doing at JP. You're trying to do something, you know, private equity in, in real estate, like a, com a completely, completely different field. So never underestimate, never underestimate the power of networking. So um, at this point, so um, what would you say some personal goals are? Like, would you say like looking into features now? Now you're in Atlanta doing what you want. So what would you say is like, what's the next step? Yeah, um, some career goals I have for myself. Uh, one, I want to get into like a leadership position and what I'm doing now. Um, and for me, that sort of looks like maybe I own a stake in the company that I work for, or maybe I start my own company. I don't know yet. So that's one of my goals. Second, I want to master what I'm doing right now. I'm in commercial real estate. Um, and the main goal is I'm investing in real estate on behalf of my pension fund, sovereign wealth fund clients, right? So I cover a specific area and I want to be really good at that. And it's going to take some time. It's going to take some hours in the gym. It's going to take some late nights. Um, but I really do want to master what I'm doing. On the service side, like I want to continue to give back in even a larger way. So right now, um, it's sort of full circle. I'm a coach with SEO, um, mm. Sponsors for Educational Opportunity in real estate. Um, so there's about five of us and we have about 70 students around the country. And what I'm doing now is I have 12 students and I'm helping them do the same thing that I was trying to do a year or two ago, get internships in real estate and understand the game. Um, so that's a great way for me to like give back and do what I'm doing now. Um, it's fantastic to be like, oh, you're dealing with falling asleep on an internship? I did the same thing at J.P. Morgan. That's <laughs> how I got over it. Um, so those are some of my goals, man. I want to master what I'm doing now. I want to get into a leadership position, and I want to lift as I climb and just bring more people with me. Um, I guess, like, the last, the last point I want to make, again, Eden, jump in if you have anything to say, I was going to say, um, importance of giving back you just mentioned now you're here in SEO right doing kind of like the same thing that same almost same program that you're in so how would you I would say kind of like a you know open question of like the, the importance of giving back and like how are you giving back so you kind of you know mentioned how you're giving back but like trying to you know emphasize the key point of like right now but is lifting as we climb like the the, the importance of lifting back of giving back and you know giving back to that community so and say just any like final points on like you know the, the importance of that yeah yeah i think i think it's been the change that you want to see right so i mean if we take a step back with everything that's going on in the country right it's june 2020 we can know what's happening with the police we know what's going on with the country and the thing is like control the controllables like what can i control me as an individual person right now right i can help more minority students get into corporate America. Um, and maybe that's a way for them to build wealth and maybe that's a way for them to change their neighborhoods and their communities, right? I can give back by volunteering with Habitat for Humanity is something I do down here where we build houses and we give people a brand new home with a thousand bucks or 600 bucks monthly payment. And I think that's a way for them to like make change in their community. Um, so the importance of lifting as we climb and giving back, it's a way for me to be an activist and it's a way for me to be the change that I wanna see in this country as well. Um, so yeah, I wanna help people get into corporate America and do what I'm doing, but I also wanna see change in this country and that's a way for me uh, to control those controllables for myself. Okay. Yeah, so that reminds me of this past, Last October, right, October 2019, um, I had the privilege of going to the NABLA conference, the Eastern Region Conference in Baltimore, and I was representing my company there. And it was it was crazy because I remember my first conference, like 
literally being rejected and denied from every company that I walked up to, right? Like every company I went to asking for an internship told me no. Now I was on the opposite side. Now I'm with my company recruiting interns, right? And like that whole weekend, I was only there for like a day, to be honest. Right? I only went there for the career fair. But still, like, that experience was just mind-blowing because I was like, yo, just a few years ago, I was literally in your shoes, but having a great resume, like, I was the one, I was the one getting told no, being told no, turned down, but now, like, I'm helping students. And, like, the best, best part was that obviously as a professional, but I was seeing students who, like, the previous year, like, we were in the... Uh, we were both students, you know what I'm saying? Like, there were students like, oh, I remember me from last year. Like, I remember me from the year before. And I'm like, yeah, like, I made it now, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, like, you know, now, like, I'm part, I'm now part of the professionals recruiting, man. Just, like, that feeling of, like, helping students and, like, you know, like, looking over their resumes and saying, like, okay, here's, here's what you do. This is, like, when you go to any other companies, like, when you go to any other company, make sure you say this, that, and the third. If you don't know what they say, be open and tell them that, like, yeah, you don't know what they do, but to say you're open to opportunities or, like, what you have to fix on your resume. And just, like, being able to give those little tips, you know, teach, telling them, I remember this is one student, he's, he's at Baruch, and I remember just emphasizing, he was, like, just saying, how, like, how he was just, like, really nervous and timid, timid. And I was, like, like, I get that you're nervous, but I was, like, this is not the weekend to be shy. I was, like, this is the weekend to talk to as many people as possible because you really never know how these connections are going to help you out, right? And I, I just remember seeing him like a couple hours later, like now he's online talking to this company, that company, and he has like a handful of business cards. And just like those little, you know, those little like tips that like, it just really makes you feel good of like giving back, you know? So like you said, involvement, giving back to that community. And, you know, um, that's kind of like we want to do here on the podcast. One thing I'm really big on, especially now that everything going on, is like ownership. You know, it's like, I think one way that, you know, you know, minority communities, we can really, you know, bring our own seat to the table when we have something that we own. We have ownership that gives you, you know, validation to say, no, this is, this is my opinion, my opinion is valid on this because I own this, right? It's not just, it's like I'm producing as well. So that's what, you know, really, you know, trying to push with this podcast is, you know, every episode is a little bit different, but just like teaching different skills, teaching about ownership, you know? You know, to me, that's our way of controlling the controllable. That's what we can control is like teaching people and like helping to educate people, having people like myself telling their stories of, you know, just a, just a young boy from Jamaica, Queens, right? <laughs> <laughs> just a young kid from Jamaica, Queens. So um, really appreciate you sharing your story. So um, any, any final words? Yeah. Know, Thanks so much, Nigel. Honestly, like, I didn't know a lot of those things that happened. You know, I really thought, Ever, ever since I met Nigel, you know, I, I didn't meet uh, Nigel the same way Bensky met him. Um, I couldn't come to that welcome day. But um, I met Nigel, and just the way he talked and the way he presented himself, I'm like, oh, this kid was built for this. You know, he was always like this. He was, he was you know, he was that dude in high school who always dressed up <laughs> for class. So I always thought you were built for that. But just hearing your story is really, like, really, like, it's it's, uh, it's eye-opener, you know. It just goes to show, you know, you you got to put in the work no matter what, you know, and, and even in any field, you know, uh, rappers that, you know, you got to go put in the work. You got to produce some every single day until you, until you get your break, you know, they, they got to keep shooting their shots with demos, mixtapes, all that stuff until you actually make it. And your story is a lot like that. So really, really appreciate it. Definitely. And the thing I say, I mean, thank you guys for having me on. I'm proud of what you guys are doing and, what you guys are building with everybody you need. Keep at it, keep the vision growing, and you guys are doing some, some great things. Thank you, thank you. So how can people reach out? If they have any questions they want to learn about real estate, want to learn about SEO, MLT, how can people reach out to you? I think my email is best, man. N-I-G-L-Barker at gmail.com. N-I-G-L-Barker at gmail.com. And I'm open. I love sharing resources. I love giving back. Um, so if people want to email me and ask any questions, I'd be happy to connect with them there. Definitely, definitely heard that. So again, thank you very much, Nigel, for being on our podcast, taking your time out today. For everybody listening, make sure you're tuning in every week. Um, new episodes dropping every Tuesday. Follow us on Instagram at everybody eats a pod. 
um, tune in and we just got more gems. We'll have Professor Miller soon. So she'll be the other part of the story, right? She'll be a little bit more of the background story, but we can't wait to have Professor Miller. That's gonna be a great, great episode. And um, one thing I do wanna do, um, we'll, we'll have to coordinate. I wanna do like a Napa alum episode. So we wanna have you do um, like, obviously like me and Edom, we can have you, we have Anmol and Alan. We can do that little, that original like five, no, the original not now but long. So stay tuned for that invitation email again. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. All right, man. Enjoy the rest of your day and thank you again.